listener production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. Join us every week as we break down an issue in global politics so that you can understand what's happening in the world right now, but also what is likely to happen in the future. Our host, Dr. Keith Souter, is one of Australia's leading commentators on global affairs and geopolitics. My name is Sasha Barbagat. I'm a journalist. It feels a bit like it was a flash-in-the-pan idea. The metaverse, talked up by tech bigwigs and, of course, Mark Zuckerberg. It felt like it was imminent, but I haven't really heard much about it for a while now. Well, a US author says it's still coming, but it's challenging our idea of what it'll actually mean. Today, Keith and I will be discussing a recent interview conducted by PricewaterhouseCoopers Strategy and Business with Matthew Ball, a former tech investor and contributor for The Economist. He thinks businesses should be gearing up for the metaverse, but changing the way they're thinking about it. Keith, thanks for being here. I guess first off, we should try to understand, and we have talked about it before, but let's refresh our memories. What on earth is the metaverse? Can you explain it to us? No. Uh, <laughs> and I think this is the, the object of the article that we're looking at today with by Matthew Ball, the interview, because he, in effect, is saying, look, we're just at the beginning of the process. We have no idea how this is going to work out, and it'll roll out over the coming decades. So we're caught up in my favourite expression, Moore's Law. So Moore's Law from the late Gordon Moore talked about the doubling power of computers every year or 18 months. As they continue to double, so they bring about huge amounts of change. Of course, at the moment, the speculation is very much about artificial intelligence and some of the people who invented AI are themselves now saying we've got to stop it Mm. before it destroys us. Yep. So the metaverse is going to be a world in which we will live but live differently from what we are doing today. So meta means beyond and verse is obviously a play on universe. So it's a world beyond the current world that we've got. We see early examples of this with augmented reality and virtual reality. So augmented reality is when you will have on your telephone, a capacity to photograph, for example, your home, and you can then look at furniture online and the furniture will then fit into that picture so you can see how the new armchair would look in your home. Mm. Or if you're buying clothes, you can then just see how you would look in a new dress. Yeah. Because it comes up on your screen. Mm. So that's augmented reality obviously bad news for the fashion industry in terms of retail shops because that'll encourage more purchasing online. But anyway, that's augmented reality. Virtual reality is no reality whatsoever. Augmented reality is that at least you do have a picture of what your home looks like before you start juggling with the new furniture. Virtual reality, by contrast, completely invented new world. My favourite example is that Jane and I were fighting dinosaurs <laughs> just before COVID came along. Uh, here in Sydney, it's possible to go to an amusement location whereby you put on your virtual reality goggles mm. and then the pair of you can then fight dragons and dinosaurs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from the safety of your, of that room. It's interesting because... It was very exciting at the time, but I'm not that interested in doing it again. I'm not even sure if the facility is still here. It might have been killed off by COVID. Yeah. So virtual reality is when you will live in a completely different world. That's the one that 
gets the attention of the critics of Mark Zuckerberg, who are accusing him of burning too much of the Facebook money into developing these headsets, which you will then wear and you'll live in a completely different world. Mm -hmm. Now, this article is saying, look, we've no idea what that world will actually look like. It uses the example of the development of mobile phones, for example, and the question is, when did mobile phones arrive? He says that it's, it's actually very difficult to give that answer. The first mobile phone call was made back in 1973. Which is crazy. It, crazy, 50 years ago. Yep. The first wireless digital network was 1991. First smartphone was 1992. Blackberries took off in the late 1990s. I think Blackberries have largely disappeared. Yeah. It is interesting that it's very difficult to identify a key date when you can say this is when this new era began. It's incrementalism. In political science terms, there are two ways of having change. One is this sudden dramatic change that you get with a black swan, for example, a sudden dramatic turn of events like the 9-11 terrorism attack and how it's led to the creation of police states Mm. around the world. The other way is incrementalism, where you're getting these small changes that are built up over time. So same with the mobile phone, that it gets invented in 1973, but we don't actually start using it big time for 40-odd years Mm. with the iPhone being launched into the year 2007. And so this is, the article is arguing, well, the same will happen with the metaverse, that it's starting off very slowly, very chaotically, but it will creep up on us. And if you're running a business, you will suddenly be taken by surprise. Now, if you're in the gaming business, you're already across this Mm. because there are billions of dollars being made worldwide by people playing with virtual reality on their equipment and buying the equipment, playing the games, etc. But we may well get the gamification of other business. We might get the gamification of, say, military training, medical training. Yeah. So you'd get to um, operate on people except you'll be operating with goggles Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not really cutting into flesh. No. (laughs) Um, Except it'll become increasingly more real, so you will have perhaps an opportunity to to get the feel Mm. and the smell. Yes. This is the way it's all going to be built up. So it will become, in effect, it's going to be a real world for you. Somewhere along the line, there's a lot of money to be made. Now, Mark Zuckerberg has bet the house on it happening fairly quickly. Yes. Others are saying it will happen, but not nearly as fast as Zuckerberg is predicting. Yeah, well, I remember seeing from Facebook, or Meta as it's now known, you know, examples of what it would look like to have a meeting with your peers at work in this virtual boardroom. But it feels like talk of the metaverse has gone quiet lately. Is it because people like Mark Zuckerberg went too fast too quick and everyone went, this isn't happening soon, this is a while away? I think there are a couple of explanations. One is that you've just given that Zuckerberg overhyped and there is what's called a hype index that actually follows a particular path that new technology comes along, it's absolutely going to do everything, best things since sliced bread, etc. Then you get this downward slide, which is where I think we are at the moment. Yes. But then it picks up again. Okay. And then uh, eventually that'll uh, really start to kick in. I think also it's been overshadowed by concerns about artificial intelligence. Mm. I think that that's also now dominating the headlines. But, of course, AI will be part of this new world as well. And the, the bigger philosophical question 
is how will you know that something is real? We're making it more and more disconnected from reality. We're going to be in a, well, hopefully I'll be dead, but I think for youngsters, <laughs> they're going to be in for a very interesting time. Mm. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I was on the internet, I was on Twitter the other day and there were these images and it was Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk holding hands, skipping down a beach. And obviously I went, well, that's not real, but it looked real. Yeah. And and that's the problem with deep fakes being sold exactly. of people. It's, it is a very frightening, I guess, prospect and we don't understand it yet. No, um, and AI, for example, can mimic a person's voice. Yes. And then ring somebody yeah. and pretend to be that person. Scamming to a whole new level. Yeah. Imagine the scams they could do with that. Absolutely. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter, and this week we're talking all things metaverse. Now, we're talking about this interview with this man, Matthew Ball, and he was talking about the biggest misconceptions businesses have about the metaverse. Can you talk us through some of those? Yes, I think what he's worrying about is that it was overhyped to the beginning, and now it's going to be neglected. And so he's really just saying, pay attention to this discussion. Unless you're in the gaming industry, you may not be getting too many opportunities to make money, but it is certainly something worth following. And that's my viewpoint as well. Mm. I don't do gaming, so it doesn't really affect me at the moment, but I am paying attention to it because this will creep up on all businesses in one way or another. And as Matthew Ball argues, we don't know quite how the whole thing will turn out. And in a sense, with computer technology, it never sort of reaches a plateau and you just say, well, that's it. Mm. So even using the phrase how it'll turn out is probably inappropriate because it's never going to be how it turns out because it's always going to be evolving onto that new level as per Moore's law and continuing to double in power. My understanding of the metaverse, and I think most people's, was that, you know, like I said, we'd be sitting in virtual boardrooms and wearing VR headsets to work or sitting in our homes and, you know, going to work on a VR headset. But the point Ball makes is that it's only a part of the picture. It's like saying social media is the internet. Well, no, social media is just a that's part it. of it. So yeah. what else could we see in the metaverse? Well, <laughs> that's when it gets really interesting because no one knows what, yeah. the, as I say, the final outcome will be. He does, in the interview, contain three ways of trying to monitor how technology evolves. Mm -hmm. uh, he's asked the question, who will lead the way into the metaverse? Gamers, Gen Z, or maybe businesses. And he says, look, one way of trying to understand how technology evolves is that it goes through three stages. One, when a new technology achieves its minimum viable product. So that's at the basic stage mm. when you can get things to work. That's number one. Then number two, when a generation has grown up using that technology. And then three, when those native to a new technology become the entrepreneurs. So if you look at the example of Facebook, for example, it hit its consumer minimum viable product stage with the World Wide Web, the internet, in the early 1990s. So Facebook was technically possible during that entire decade, but it took Mark Zuckerberg, who grew up with the 1990s internet, to create Facebook in 2004 when he was 19 years old mm. and then see it adopted by his peers. So you've got these three stages to work through. So you've got to create a minimum product, 
then you've got to have people who start to use that product and then you've got a new generation coming through who've grown up with that product all around them and there's no big deal. Yeah. And then the whole thing then just takes off. Yeah, it's interesting to think, like you mentioned before, about young children who might not even be born yet, but that'll be their reality. Yep. You know, virtual reality will be their reality. <laughs> so the metaverse is something Ball thinks businesses should still be working on. How does he suggest that they prepare for that? Well, I think um, what he, he's simply saying is, look, just keep yourself informed about what's going on. It's also a challenge to the government. It's got to get its own act together. He points out that when the internet was getting underway, there were the what were called protocol wars, and there was a time where the US Department of Commerce was pushing an alternative to the internet protocol suite that the Department of Defence had pioneered. So it means that everybody needs to get their act together to cope with this new era. So that requires coordination, and that means that business directors, owners, etc., need to get their head around what all this new debate is about. Mm. And maybe we need to have what's called reverse mentoring. So we have mentoring, which is, you know, when a youngster joins an organisation, they get allocated to an older member of staff who then shows them the ropes, et cetera. But I think there's also a need now for reverse mentoring, which is when you have young people employed to guide the old people. Mm -hmm. You know, the company directors need (laughs) 15-year-olds to help them make sense of this world. Yeah, it makes sense. I get it. And I can't tell you how many times I've been asked to assist a, an older colleague with something to do with the computer. And I'm not even good at computers, but I still know more. Look, as you kind of were touching on then with the mobile phone, technology doesn't just arrive. It develops over time. And, you know, the phone took decades. I guess with the metaverse, though, are we already starting to see how it will be incorporated into our work lives and our home lives? Are we already kind of seeing that? Or We're is getting it still... hints of it, absolutely. Yeah. We, we don't know what the final version will be like, but we're, we're certainly getting hints. We've got the whole issue of Bitcoin and we've got what can be done with Instagram or the Facebook interconnectivity now. So, yes, but we're getting an indication of it. It's different from the old days when you just simply had a document on the screen. Mm. Now you are already in the habit of, of sending feedback. I get people who write to me because of what they hear on these programs. Mm. So that's part of this engagement. A metaverse will be where everybody has an opportunity to interact with other people. And so that will create new ideas, I think, in themselves. It could lead, trying to be optimistic, it could lead to a whole new period of flourishing because the world has run on a very limited amount of brain power over the millennia, mm. so that of stale, pale males. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> whereas now, of course, we're educating women, we're educating children, so we're mobilising more and more brain power. And so who knows what will come out of this liberation of the brain power. That's one picture. Mm. The other picture, which we again already touched on, whole question of people being vulnerable, just being scammed, et cetera, perhaps having their minds controlled by some big brother, particularly if it's a, a techno-authoritarian regime like China, already is that yeah. way. So these, these are two contrasting images. And so this person is saying, look, keep across the issue. There are all sorts of challenges involved and just make sure you're well-informed and how it could have an impact on whatever business you happen to be running. You know, we like to ask you to predict things, so I'm going to ask you to predict something. Will we be sitting in virtual meeting rooms and recording this podcast 
you know, entirely online when the metaverse is fully operational, in your opinion? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we won't need to come together in a Sydney studio. We could do it from our own home studios. That, of course, presupposes that we're both middle-class people with access to good home studios. Mm. Part of the tragedy, I think, arising out of COVID is that we saw how there was this gap between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. In one respect, the gap was between those who could work at home and those who had to go in to do hard labour of mm. some sort or other, you know, barber shops or driving trains. But there's also, within the people who could work at home, there's another division between those who've got the opportunities for good homework and those who are having to share the kitchen table with another member of the family yeah. and with children trying to do their homework. Yeah. I think that the future will also show up the disparities between people's lifestyles and how some people will be able to make the most of this new era and others will be denied that opportunity. And this, therefore, might well contribute to greater revolutionary disturbances within countries as people realise that they're slipping further and further behind those who've got good working spaces in their own homes. Yeah, and I think that's an important fact to end on is that we're speaking from a place of privilege about all of this and, you know, this metaverse probably won't exist for the plumbers and for the tradesmen and for the train drivers of the world. So an important thought to end on. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Global Truths is presented by Dr. Keith Suter and me, Sasha Barber-Gatt. Audio production by Niall Fernandez. Theme and original music by Matt Nikolic.